Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. important money lesson really for your children is to give them the confidence that even if they don't know the answers, they know where to find the answers. Welcome to Everyone's Talking Money podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Game. There's no judgment, no dumb questions, just smart conversations about you and your money. So come on in and grab a seat. Everyone is welcome here. Hey, ETMers, welcome back to the show. So good to have you here. This is going to be a great episode. If you're new to this podcast, welcome. So excited to have you. Uh, Just a quick note, before May 2022, we were known as the Millennial Money Podcast. We have over 875 episodes. So if you're looking for any topic around money, go back into our vault and just know that we were previously Millennial Money Podcast, but Now we're everyone's talking money, same podcast, great guests, and now we're just trying to be a little bit more relevant, a little bit more inclusive, and a lot more forward thinking. 
So in this episode, I share a bit more about how I grew up in a family where we just openly talked about money. We talked about stock investments and wealth and growing your money, even from a very early age. However, I miss some very important lessons around money topics that I should know, saving money, how to deal with debt, and honestly, just realistic expectations of how much money you make post-college. Hint, it's not what your parents make. And I did what you probably did. You just figured it all out. But I want more for you and I want more for your kids or even your future kids. So you may recognize Bobby Rebel's name from a previous episode that she's been on the show before. She's an amazing certified financial planner. She's author of Launching Financial Grownups, Live Your Richest Life by Helping Your Almost Adult Kids Become Everyday Money Smart. I love that. She's also a fellow podcaster with her show Money Tips for Financial Grownups, which I will actually appear on an upcoming episode to talk about your summer money to-do list. So be sure to stay tuned for that. But Bobby is here to share insights from her new book on how to launch financial grownups, money lessons you need to know, and how to talk to your parents and kids all about money, because it's not the easiest subject. So let's start talking money. Oh, Bobby, I am so excited to have you back in the podcast. It has been way too long, and I am so excited to have you here and talk about your new book, Launching Financial Grownups. So thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me back, and it's an honor to be here. You share this story in your book, Launching Financial Grownups, of this aha moment as a parent during the the quarantine, the pandemic, when you guys were all together and you kind of had this moment where, you know, this would probably be a good time to start having some of these conversations about money. I'd love to hear a little bit more about this time because it was such a unique environment where families were really stuck together for quite some time and it was it was a place to, to have conversations. So tell me about how, how money came up. It was such an interesting time. And it comes up very naturally because there were so many questions about money. Of course, the priority was health and how are we going to get through this? How do we protect ourselves and those we care about? And that was so important. But also, we had so much economic uncertainty. We didn't know what industries would necessarily be impacted. You think on the surface, certain ones, you could see, okay, people aren't going to restaurants and so on. But you can't always foresee everything that was going to happen. It's been a very interesting time for our economy. And so many things that we thought were going to happen didn't happen. Look at the stock market. It may be mm-hmm. down now a bit as we record this in the summer of 2022. We thought it would really crater in March of 2022. And that was a very short pullback. So you really don't know what's going to happen. So first of all, you have these things which were just naturally coming up in the news and we're home watching it. And what was unique, and you talk about this aha moment, we were suddenly spending time together without distractions. Now we did have distractions in terms of social media and this and that, but at the end of the day, we had so much time. And I have a family of five. It's a blended family. And my two older ones are my stepchildren. And they are a chunk older than the younger one. Right now, their ages are 25, 22, and 15. So back that up a couple of years from when the pandemic started. And so previous to the pandemic, they were all in very different life stages and doing different activities. So it had been impossible to have a family (laughs) meal, except if you deliberately did it, maybe on a weekend for a special occasion. Suddenly, we were having dinner together every night and we could have these discussions. And, you know, one of the kids would say things like, oh, my friend so-and-so made, you know, so much money today on this 
meme stock. We had these meme stocks going on, or they were worried about one of their friend's parents who owned a business. So these things were just coming up naturally. Another thing that was interesting is we also got to um, have a newfound respect for the hard work. And this happened in many families of the children. I call them children, but they're young adults who had quote real jobs. And suddenly they're working from home in our homes and we could appreciate and see them as the full grown adults that they were, that they were respected in their workplace. They were working hard and they were being very resilient in a very complicated situation. Mm, Very interesting. Yeah. I mean, so many dynamics at play. I love that you brought up meme stocks because I would imagine that was quite quite a few conversations talking about that and how much people made. And that definitely opens the door. You're a certified financial planner too, so that definitely opens the door to have these these more kind of in-depth discussions, I would think. So at what point were you sitting there thinking, okay, I need to turn this all into a book? So I had actually had the idea for the book before the pandemic. It had happened when I realized that despite, and as I, as you said, we were both CFPs, so I have all the information on paper, and I had years of being a money reporter, talking about business news. I had written a book previously called How to Be a Financial Grown-Up, which is targeted towards my young adult children, and yet <laughs> they weren't listening to me. They weren't hearing what I was saying in terms of me trying to guide them as a parent in terms of setting themselves up for success in their future. I remember um, I had asked them, they both had income, both kids, the older kids always you know, worked as soon as they could and, and they had income, and sometimes very good income. And I said, you should be putting this into a Roth IRA. And they would say, yes. <laughs> and then nothing happened. And as you know, there are deadlines for these things. Otherwise, you miss the window for the amount of money you can put in that year. And my hope, of course, as we all hope for our children, is someday they will earn enough money that they will no longer qualify for a Roth IRA. And we don't know what's happening. I know there's other ways to get money into a Roth IRA. We don't know what's happening with the backdoor Roth IRAs, but just straightforward stuff. Um, and so you want them to really maximize this unique period of time, not to mention compound interest and so on. And it just wasn't happening. And I realized that I'm probably not the only one having this problem. And I started asking around and I found that was true. And I decided to go to the experts and get some good advice for myself and for other people. Yeah. I mean, I, like you said, like if you, if your, your children who have your expertise aren't necessarily taking your expertise, we know the statistics about the lack of financial literacy and how most parents just don't want to talk about money. And, you know, I would would imagine that most young adults are just not having the exposure to this information that you and I both know are so important. And I think one of the most interesting things I really liked in your book, you share this, if young adults don't launch as financial grownups, we, their parents, will not have the financial freedom we deserve and need. I think that's a really interesting perspective. Tell me more about this. Thank you for bringing that up. It's important to remember that this does not happen in an isolated bubble. Our children are part of our family. And for most of us, we are not going to just cut them off at 18, as you might have seen in movies from the past. (laughs) That just is not realistic. We're a generation of helicopter parents. We've turned into snowplow parents. We kind of clear the way for them as they enter college. And then we often turn into what we call concierge parents, which is that we're available all the time, often through texting, and we are there to help them solve their problems, often with money. 
And this is kind of a new phenomenon that's emerged. And it's really hard for us to break away from it because this generation, and I'm speaking primarily, but not exclusively of Gen X parents, but also some boomers and maybe even some millennial parents as we get older, um, you know, we really identify as our children's parents and we put so much of our resources into raising them into grownups that we often forget that the goal is to help them be independent from us as grownups. And that's a really hard thing. We are the ultimate stakeholders in our children's lives. We want the schools to teach them things like personal finance. And some schools, by the way, do a great job at that, but it's still academic. It's still not the real world. And they're not going to carry through with them as they move through the stages of young adulthood as emerging adults. If we do not get them to be able to take care of themselves and they remain dependent on us, that can absolutely and is often a drag on our own financial futures. And the goal ultimately, I've learned, I used to say this has changed recently. The goal ultimately really isn't just to have them not be dependent on you. The goal really is to get them to a place where if you need them, they're going to be there for you. I'm so proud of my oldest yes. now. Yes. And this is not really in the book, but this is happening. And I'm happily shocked at this. My oldest is now at a point where she is earning and, and you can hear more about, read more about her story in the book, but she had wanted to be in a lower paying profession. And she decided that financial security was very important to her. And she became a cybersecurity consultant. She's doing very well. She's been promoted. And now she's earning in her twenties, what I earned in my forties. And I'm so proud of her. And I feel like not only is she not going to be dependent on my husband and I, but if we were ever in a pinch, fast forward, how many ever years, I feel like she could be there for us. And isn't that the ultimate gift? I hope to never, ever, ever have to ask. I don't expect to. But just knowing <laughs> that that you have the family ecosystem there, I think is so important. I think that's so cool. Like it's such an interesting perspective, I think, to, to talk about it that way, to talk about it from all the different angles, because we tend to just think, well, we just want our kids to be independent. But when we look at it, I mean, we don't know what life's going to throw at us. And I think it's fascinating to to think about it that way, how rewarding it could be for our kids to really to really know about money. And I, I don't know about you, but I remember when I was practicing CFP, I would watch how parents really would hinder their kids from learning about money. It was super hard for me to watch. Uh, I think that it's mainly just because they didn't really know anything about money. And so they didn't want to try to attempt to explain anything to their kids. They didn't want to look maybe stupid, the wrong word, but for lack of a better word, they didn't, they didn't want to look like they didn't know what they were doing. So they just wouldn't have these conversations from your perspective and kind of all the research that you've done. You know, how do parents get in the way of their kids' financial independence? I think you've explained it perfectly. I think it's our own insecurity because we all feel oh, we don't know enough about this, so we don't want to get it wrong. And so we're well-intentioned, but you know, sometimes we just don't want to look foolish in front of our kids. We want them to think of us as their parents, their all-knowing parents. The other thing that happens is that we don't want to let go. As I talked about earlier, we've put so much into them and it's well-intentioned, but if we can keep them dependent on us, then they'll always be there for us. You know, we, we want to, it's like the, you know, the stereotypical mom that won't let her son go off and get married because she wants him to always be there for her. You know, they're like the mm, team. And yeah. so we want to hang on to them and we want to let go of them. We, we want to hang on to them. We don't want to let go of them. I should say it's really hard. Look, I'm struggling. My son just turned 15 and 
he is his own person. And it's really hard to let him go. And because we had so many great times together when he was a little boy, you know, mom and son, um, we did everything together for a while. And I have to let him grow up. And money is part of that. Parents sometimes use money. They're well-intentioned on the surface, but to keep kids close. Sometimes one of the things that I talk about in the book is expectations of lifestyle. We forget that my husband jokes that, you know, when he was young and just starting out, he lived in a terrible area of New York with a bunch of roommates and rats all over the place. And it was just a horrible, grungy place. But that was what he and his friends could afford at the time. We don't really want to let our kids suffer that way. Not it was that not that horrible, but you know, he got through it. But but you know what I mean? So we subsidize our children and we prop them up. And when they ask for a restaurant suggestion, we suggest our favorite restaurant, which may not be at the price point that is appropriate for where they are in life. And it's really important to let them level down their lifestyle to what is right for them and not have these expectations that they should be where we are at our age. And that's really hard to do, to, to kind of tell them, no, you, it's not that they don't deserve the nice things, but that's just not where they are in life right now. And that's okay. And it doesn't mean they're not successful and it doesn't mean we're not proud of them, but they have to live where they are. It's hard. It's so interesting because I can remember when I graduated college, I was running a film festival and I did end up selling that film festival. But there was a period of time where I was kind of running around scratching my head. I had all these skills, but I had no idea what, what to do. I knew I was really an entrepreneur at heart. And my brother was in a corporate career making a lot more money than I was making. But I always hung on to this idea of the way I wanted to live life and being an entrepreneur was just part of that. And I tried to do a corporate thing in my early 20s and I was like, nah, I think I lost it lasted like six months. Like this just isn't for me. But it was really interesting. You know, my parents really wanted me to have strong financial stability, but they also knew that I was just not that person, that I was more of an entrepreneur and I was more equipped, I think, to take bigger risks. And it was just interesting to watch kind of the family dynamics. And still to this day, my brother has a very high paying corporate job and there's still this air that, well, he's more stable and I'm over here, this entrepreneur. And I, I don't know, it's just really interesting to me, the different dynamics that kind of show up in, in families and how, you know, parents kind of want to push their idea of what financially successful means on you. And I don't know, I feel like there's this dance that you do with your parents to like, try and try and kind of work that all out. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. 
Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions 
vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. I love that you point out the difference in siblings because many parents have more than one child and we we are the same person, but they are very different people. And so it's important to listen to them and understand where they're going. So we have a very similar dynamic in our family going on right now where I talked about the oldest one. She's in a corporate job. She's doing great. It's very stable. The next one just graduated college, wants to go into TV and film, not stable. And so you can't speak to them the same way and you can't have them do the same things with their money. So for example, the older one actually pushed back and said, you know what? I didn't really want to get into this, but I'll open the Roth IRA, but I am going to be saving money. And we already knew this, but she reminded me I'm saving money to buy an apartment, which she did do. And so I don't want to invest my money in the stock market. And I, my priority right now, even though I do have money to invest. I'm going to invest my money to invest in my 401k with my company because there's a match. And then the rest I'm going to save in my house fund. So I am not going to do, she just said, I'm not doing a Roth IRA. That's it. My priority is saving up for buying an apartment. And then the other one did put the money in. So the older one followed through, she had an Excel spreadsheet and she (laughs) literally backed into when she would have the money to buy an apartment, which she did during the pandemic. And she's now we feel really good. She's protected from rent hikes and so on. The younger one, he's got a pile of money in the bank. Obviously, it's been affected by the market, but he pushed all his money through into, you know, fully funded those Roth IRAs for now several years. And so he has the cash cushion, which he needs because he's going to be much more entrepreneurial in his career. And he, you know, has that cushion. Obviously, some of it is in the Roth, some of it's in a regular brokerage account, which we also taught him about. That's an important thing, by the way, for your kids. I think that we spend so much time talking to young people about retirement accounts, which is all good, but we should remember that that money comes with restrictions. And if they have goals, like buying an apartment, we should make sure that that is taken into account, that it's not a one size fits all. So yeah, what are some of the other kind of core money lessons that you think parents need to start teaching their kids? And maybe a side question to that, is there a good age to start talking about money with your kids? I think the best age is when your kid is ready to hear the age appropriate message, whether it's, for example, my little one, I would, you know, whenever he would get birthday presents, I would go with him and we would literally cash the check at the bank and we would record a thank you note right there with the teller, thanking the relative and sending it along. So that was some sort of understanding that there was a money transaction happening, even though he was super little. I think that it's also important um, to keep at, you know, keep it age appropriate and also keep it interest appropriate. You have to find what's going to be interesting to them. One of the most important things I think in talking to young people as they become teenagers, and I should be clear, my book is really for parents to read. It's not for the kids, it's for the parents. And it's for parents of children about children, I say young adults, um, about age 16 to about age 26. I thought there were a lot of books that really covered the younger ages. This is where I needed help. And I hope I can help other people. But one of the important things at this phase of life is peer group, because we are so influenced 
always, but especially in those years, by what's going on with our friends. And so many poor money decisions are made because of even unintentional things that happen with your peer group. It can be, we joked before we were recording about the cost of weddings and bridesmaids and all of these things. And it's not so black and white. Sometimes you'll read advice from experts that will say, you know, just don't go to that bridal shower or just don't participate in this and that. And, you know, one of my biggest regrets in life at this point is that I didn't attend one of my friend's weddings because it was a destination wedding very far away. And we had several other destination weddings and I just felt it was getting to be too much. And I still regret it. So these aren't black and white issues. I'm not telling people to tell their kids not to do stuff with their friends, but I would like, and I think that younger people are much more transparent about money than we were. And that's a great thing. But I do think it's so I do think it's important that if your friends are constantly going out to expensive restaurants, maybe say to them and and to her credit, the oldest, my oldest daughter, she did say this. She would say to her friends, I'm saving for a house. I'm not doing that. And they would wow. either. She, yeah. But but she not has an apartment, but she but she's got the apartment now and they're all, wah, wah, you know, <laughs> not not owners of apartments. And she does gloat sometimes. You know, it's true. But she said why. So it's not like she. um didn't love them and didn't want to share the experience with them, but she would, you know, adjust. She'd say, well, I'll meet you guys later. Right. I'll meet you guys later on in the night. Or she would say, why don't we go to a different restaurant? Right. Mm -hmm. Why do we need to go there? Or why don't we eat at this cheap place and just go there for drinks after? So you can influence your peer group. And I think that's an important message to send to kids that they can be the influencer. So if there's something coming up where they all need to buy presents, they can do the group present but make sure your kid is the organizer of the present so they can control the budget, right? Things nice. like that. Or the, or the organizer of the trip or whatever it is. If they're all going to a location for you know, a bridal shower or bachelorette weekend, whatever it may be, there are ways to invisibly cut the cost, You know, whether it's piling into one hotel room or whatever it may be. Um, I'm not going to get into the minutia there, but you get the idea that they should be the influencer of the peer group so that they can control costs. And you know what? A lot of the kids will be relieved because it's really brave to speak up and say, hold on, this all sounds super fun, but I don't have the cash for it. Because let me tell you, some of those women or or men don't have the cash for it. They have student loans. And this generation has so much on them financially. It's really tough. It's really tough. And so if your kid can be the advocate for keeping the budget for the group trip, group present, whatever it may be in check, that's going to serve everybody well and be so appreciated. People will come to them on the side and say, thank you for saying something. I really didn't know what I was. Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of the Daily Book Club, a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time or just relax to a good book, listen to the Daily Book Club to get wrapped up or unwind during your day. We'll read classic stories like Pride and Prejudice, The Enchanted April, The Wind in the Willows, beautiful stories all told from start to finish. And you can even do a real book club. Tune into the Daily Book Club Discord and discuss the readings with other book club listeners. However you want to listen, it's your choice. Subscribe to the Daily Book Club on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else. New episodes every single day. So sit back, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club. Want to know the number one money question I'm asked? It's how to get started investing without being overwhelmed. So if you're asking yourself the same question, then you have to check out the Investing for Beginners podcast. 
The host, Dave and Andrew, they break down investment terms and strategies in a way you can finally understand. I love that they're making investing accessible and they have an entire podcast dedicated to helping you invest better. Even if you're not ready to start investing, they explain the stock market and financial updates so you can really understand what is being said on the news. If you're ready to learn more about investing, I'd recommend you start with two of my favorite episodes. Listener Q&A, how do you start investing with a thousand bucks, where they explain how you get started right away. And back to basics of building your portfolio, where they explain how to build a portfolio from scratch. The Investing for Beginners podcast is a great way to start expanding your relationship with money. Find Investing for Beginners podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. From Foreign Policy, I'm Rena Nainen, the host of The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women. Over the past few years, we've looked at how women around the world are changing societal norms to increase their economic power. This season, we're focusing completely on girls, how they're pushing for a brighter, more powerful future, and what the rest of us can do to set them up for success. Join us for stories about girl power, young women who are fighting for change, to give themselves a chance to live a life of their own choosing. That's season six of The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women, wherever you get your podcasts. I do. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too, and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com slash wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value. Okay, A, your daughter sounds like a very smart woman. <laughs> and, and two, talking about peer group, I, I'm thinking about, so we live in this world with social media, everybody's sharing about money, sharing stock tips, whether they should be or not be. They're, they're just sharing their life. Now everybody's sharing travel and, and all of those things. Uh, curiously, how much as a parent do you monitor what your kids are investing in or spending money on versus letting them figure this out, kind of navigate money for themselves? Like, Is that a fine line to walk as a parent? It is a fine line and it also is a blurry line because every kid is different and every money situation is different. Is it their money that they earned? Is it money you've given them with parameters? For example, I was given money early on by my grandfather to invest and the criteria was that I had to choose a stock and I had to tell him why. Mm, that said, he would never well, he never did reject it. I didn't have to necessarily get his approval, but I had to go and discuss basically with the cost of me getting the money. And so it's important to just set the rules and make sure that the communication is very clear with your kids, what the expectation is for that money, if it's money that you earn, or if it's money that they earned, if it's money that they earned, you may want to let them do what they want and let it be and let them learn that, you know, maybe they'll do something awesome with the money. Maybe they'll blow it. Usually something in between. And that's okay. One of the biggest challenges, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, throw it back to one of my favorite episodes of your podcast. Um, I think the company is called Alinea, and oh, yes. you had, yeah, you had two. They, 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 they were great. Um, and they talk about the importance of confidence. 
confidence. So it, the most important money lesson really for your children is to give them the confidence that even if they don't know the answers, they know where to find the answers. And that's going to be what is going to guide them because you're not always going to be there to guide them. And if you are there, you're not always going to have the answers. So you need to give them the tools so that they can discover the answers themselves and be self-sufficient in their money decisions. You shared a little bit about your own money story growing up. I know you grew up in a very financially minded family, just like I did. Were there any money lessons that you really wish you would have known, you know, 16 to 24? I wish I would have known more about what was going on behind the scenes with my parents. My impression at the time was that everything was always good. And therefore, I had the feeling that if anything went wrong with me, I was less than. I felt I had to be perfect. And they were not very vulnerable. My parents were perfect in my eyes. And no one's perfect. And nobody's career doesn't have ups and downs. And it's not for me to share with the, with your, your huge audience the ups and downs that my parents had, but there were ups and downs. And um, I didn't really discover them until I wrote the book. And my father, you know, kind of admitted, he told me, you know, what was really going on during this phase of life, or what was really happening in this phase and why on the surface he said he was doing this, but really behind the scenes, things were pretty rocky with whatever venture he was, he worked on Wall Street. And Wall Street has its ups and downs, but as a kid, I feel we were a little bit overly sheltered from our parents, just normal ups and downs. They were, nothing tragic ever happened. I was very fortunate in my childhood. Um, But you just, I think that parents, and this is something that happened in the pandemic, is a lot of older kids were able to see a window into what really was going on with their parents and hopefully get a new appreciation for the fact that we're all vulnerable and we all have to be on our toes and we all go through ups and downs. Yeah, I think that's really interesting that you share that because I grew up in a financially minded family. We were lucky enough to have more than enough resources, although we did always shop clearance on sale. I mean, that's just how I grew up thinking, well, you go straight to the sale rack. And I remember going into college and I don't know, I just had this, I guess, lofty idea that everything was just always going to work out and got my first credit card and of course got in credit card debt. And I kind of felt like, although I didn't really have to worry about money as a kid, I didn't really have the lessons to understand how debt works, to understand how compounding works. Like I I just, I didn't have those lessons. And I remember asking my parents um, in my early thirties, like, why didn't you teach us about these things? Because clearly, uh, you know, we were in a financially minded family who, you know, my dad was in the financial industry and they just looked at me and they're like, well, we thought you just understood this stuff. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I didn't. Was I supposed to? And I think it's really interesting how um, how that transition can happen and how parents sometimes think their kids, well, yeah, you just, you just know this stuff. And then the kids are like, I don't know what I'm doing. Exactly. I love that you said that because I've been caught that way too. The truth is, we think we kind of assume our kids know more than they do. And that's why if there's parents here that have kids starting new jobs, that is one of the most important things. I talk about it in, in my book and it's something I pushed my publisher to include. The editor came in and said, I think that people already know this because I have a whole thing on how to read your first paycheck and how to like navigate the HR website. We assume that they know how to do this and that they will, but They don't necessarily because nobody's taught them this. So they might miss a very important benefit. 
that, you know, it could be something that could be, you know, protecting them, like a defensive thing, like disability insurance, or they may not know the difference between, you know, flexible domestic spending and flexible, you know, healthcare spending versus an HSA. There's a lot of, you know, letters and numbers out there that can confuse kids and we think that they know it. And if you ask them on the surface, they might go, yeah, yeah, yeah I get it, whatever, because they're busy or you catch them when they're <laughs> running out the door which is again, why the pandemic was so useful for these conversations because they had nowhere to go. But don't assume that. Ask them to explain it to you then if they say they Mm -hmm. understand it. I like that, right? (laughs) Yeah, because a lot of times they understand 80% of it. That's my general feeling. Like with a 401k, my um, stepdaughter, the oldest one who's so good with money, I remember during the pandemic, she was setting up her 401k that she was eligible for now at her job. And she did put money into it and she did put in the amount that matched what what they would match. And then she, so it was in the bucket, but it wasn't, she just didn't choose an investment yet. And she kept saying, but it's done, but it wasn't done because it wasn't invested. And she also hadn't set up that you can increase the percentage every so often, whatever it may be. There's all kinds of automatic extra things you can do. And so she did know about 401ks. She knew she had to do it. She intended to do it. She started to do it. but. She only kind of got 80% there. So it's really important to follow through with your kids. Don't take yes for an answer and make sure that they set themselves up as they as they intend. Not always how you intend, as they intend. I'm probably dating myself here, but I'm remembering an episode of Friends where Rachel was uh, just didn't know what FICA was off her first paycheck. And they were having this whole conversation about, you know, what it, what is FICA and why why does FICA take so much money away? And it's true. It's there's there's these nuanced bits about money that just seem like we should know what these things are, but but they're complicated. And I, I think what I love about your book is the is the pause and taking the time to go through and and explain those. And another thing I really like about your book is each chapter starts with a quote. I'm a quote girl. Um, and I love this one. It made me think about the time we're in right now with lifestyle creep and inflation and everything just be becoming more and more expensive. It was from Sophia Amorosa and she says, money looks better in the bank than on your feet. Which uh-huh. is true. Yep. And I, so I, I'm, I'm curious kind of as we close here, we're in this really interesting economic time right now. Uh, a lot of young adults have never seen a bear market and they're starting to see that the talk of recession, we've got inflation We've got so many things happening right now. What do you think parents should be sharing with their kids during this time of high inflation, everything costing more? What do you, how should parents open these conversations? I think the most important thing is to not be judgmental because many of our children invested if they were investing in, we talked about meme stocks earlier, but especially cryptocurrencies, maybe they thought it was cool to buy an, an NFT or so on, it's really important not to be like, aha, I told you so. Please don't do that. Don't judge anything that they do. And urge patience and taking a long-term view. Any mistake that a young person makes, virtually any mistake, I don't want to talk on absolutes, will be cured by time, right? They have such a long timeline to invest. So it's important to not take away their confidence and not let them get beaten down and discouraged by what's going on in what will, based on historical norms, be a very short time period within their life. And to help them see that if it's right for them to invest in the stock market, this is a time when stocks are on sale. I remember my other grandfather, not the one that was giving me the money and making me come to him with these stocks, the other one, 
would say to me, and he was also very, very good in talking to me about the stock market, he would say, it's always a great day to be an investor because if your stocks went up, you feel like you're wealthier. But if it's if your stocks go down, it's a great time to buy more of the best ones. So it's important to help them keep perspective and not be discouraged. And most of all, again, going back to the ladies that were on your show in an earlier episode with Alinea, um, confidence. Let them be confident about their money and the decisions that they make and know that anything they make that's not right, you know, can be fixed. <laughs> I like that. It can be fixed. I love it can that. be fixed. There's time is on their side and they should just retain confidence and just learn from the missteps and understand that, you know, also, by the way, one more thing, a lot of things are out of our control. You talk about the stock market and inflation. There's some things you can control and some things you can't. So please don't beat yourself up over things that are out of your control. So you've written how to be a financial grown-up. Now we have launching financial grown-up. So what's, what's next for you, Bobby? Well, I don't know yet. What should I write next? You tell me. <laughs> we'll have to ponder that one. There's got to be a that. follow-up, right? Let's make this. Let's make this. Yes, we'll make this a question for your for your listeners. Somebody come to me with an idea, and we'll see what we can do. I love it. There we go. Okay, we're we're up for the challenge. Well, Bobby, as always, this has been so fantastic. So much great advice for for parents. Thank you for writing this book and sharing this important information. I'd love for you to tell everyone listening where they can go to find you and grab a copy of your book, Launching Financial Grownups. Thank you so much. And thank you for your kind words about the book. It took six years to pull this off between books. So it really is a labor of love. And I really hope that it helps the parents out there that read this and really anyone who has a young person in their life that they care about. And um, so you can find out more. The book is for sale everywhere. But you can find out more about the book by going to my website, which is just my name. So it's B-O-B-B-I-R-E-B-E-L-L.com. If you do forward slash launching financial grownups, you'll get to stuff about the book. But tool around there, you can see more about my podcast that you're going to be on, which is called Money Tips for Financial Grownups. And please check out my new TikTok channel. Um, I've been putting clips of myself doing um, local news and little advice tips, um, sort of things from the books and things just relevant to what's going on in life. And also please follow me on the other social channels where I'm generally just under Bobby Rebel, except on Instagram. You put the number one there as well. And thank you so much for having me. I really loved that Bobby talked about this idea of imparting confidence with money to your kids. I still think, if I'm going to be honest, that I'm learning that lesson, even as a money expert and obviously a full-grown adult. I, I think confidence gives you peace to make choices, even if the money choices that you have to make, maybe they're not all great ones, but you have this confidence. And I don't know, I think confidence also helps you take calculated risks. Just food for thought. I, I really want you to think about that idea of confidence and maybe even how you can grow more confident with your money. If you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor, share it with your friends, somebody who you know would love this topic. And if you haven't done so already, please go over and leave an honest review for the show in whatever podcast player you're listening to right now. The reviews really help us reach an even wider audience. So I really appreciate you taking maybe 30 seconds to just leave a review. I'll see you back here in a few days for a brand new episode. 